from Los Angeles. This is the Echelon Radio Network. Hi, everybody. It is Brian Hemsworth. I am here with the Echelon Radio Podcast. And today, I have a very special guest. Larry, would you please introduce yourself to our audience? I will. I'm Larry Goldman. I'm a family law attorney. I've been practicing for over 40 years. I've been a certified specialist for over 30 years. I've been the president of the Beverly Hills Bar Association. I've been on the committees for the LA County Bar Family Law Section. I've also been on public counsel for over 20 years as a director. And public counsel is the largest pro bono legal organization in the country. So, Larry, tell us a little bit about you're sort of the uh, the family law attorney extraordinaire in our lives, right? You're you're the guy around here that's that's been around, seen a lot, done a lot, is involved in a, a lot that's going on. Tell us, uh, pre-COVID, what was family law like? It was it was trips to the courthouse. It was dealing with your clients. But I, I, what I really want to see is how did that change with COVID? Well, you described it perfectly before COVID. We would meet clients in our office. We would go down to the courthouse for hearings, uh, go to uh, different offices for depositions. But as you stated, COVID changed everything. The courts were closed down except for the domestic violence order cases. Mm -hmm. We still had those. We would go down, the attorneys and parties would sit in the uh, conference room for the jury, and then we would be called into a courtroom. Uh, Otherwise, everything was done remote. LA Court Connect. Very little uh, presentation or going down to court. Now we're getting back to where the situation is, where Occasionally, I feel that it's important to go down to court. One of the things we miss on remote is you cannot see the expressions, the facial expressions. I've, of, heard, I've heard people say that, that, that even though you think you can see everything on a Zoom screen, you really can't. You can't get the, the feel of the emotions and the facial expressions as well on Zoom as you can in person. And body language is important to look at. What's the other party doing? Are they getting up? Are they screaming? Are they yelling? You don't get that in a remote situation. Gotcha. So, so Larry, I remember back, you know, I had a couple friends going through divorces, oh, let's say 15 years ago. It was 2007, 2008. We had the, what we'll now call the Great Recession. We had attorneys that were saying it's a bad time to get a divorce, and it was kind of a rough time. And then it, it normalized, at least somewhat, uh, 2010, 2015. What is it like now? So we had COVID that disrupted. Are there, is there more going on in family law now? Is there a pent up amount of court cases going on right now? The answer is yes. Everything was delayed. Everything was put off. Uh, We've lost judicial officers. Mm. There's so many, only so many cases a day can be heard by a judicial officer. Usually it's 11 in the morning, sometimes 11 in the afternoon. The other aspect is what happened in 2008, we're seeing again now, especially when there's dealing with the family residents. Mm. If there's going to be a buyout, how do they 
get the credit? How do they refinance it to get the other party's name off the deed? Uh, so some of those issues, it's come around and go around back again. Larry, are, are there any other trends that you're seeing right now? Are there, are there more divorces, less divorces? Is it more um, custody? What's, what's kind of going on in family law right now? It's busy. And part mm. of the issue is the millennials in that they grew up saying, I could stop, I can go out, start over again, and give up the fight. The grass sometimes is not greener on the other side, mm. but they're not willing to work out the situation. During the pandemic, we had a lot of issues because parties couldn't separate. They couldn't mm. get away from each other. We had a lot of issues of domestic violence. Custody is always a big issue. And again, people are not willing to think about, do I want to be involved in the child's life in the future? Do I want to go to the high school graduation, the college graduation, marriage, and grandchildren and be involved with them? These are some of the things we have to deal with in custody and visitation. Gotcha. So, so Larry, are there, um, you know, I, I don't want to... I don't want to get you in trouble and ask you to practice law just here for our podcast. But if we were to say, you know, what are some of the things that you might suggest to people that are having troubles in their families, in their relationships? Do you have any general um, recommendations for people? When, when should they contact attorneys? When, when does it really hit the fan? They should contact an attorney at the earliest opportunity to find out what their liabilities, what their obligations are. Because I see it, I, I am also a judge pro tem. I do sit as a judge in the family law departments. And many of the self-represented litigants come in, they have no concept of what they're doing there, what they are seeking, and what's going to happen. Mm. At least if you consult with attorney at the earliest opportunity, you could get a sense of what may be going on in your in your relationship and what's going to happen in the future. So, so um, Larry, if you were to say uh, the, the kind of things that you're seeing right now, is it more couples getting divorces? Are you spending more time with child custody? What, what's the brunt of your time right now um, with your clients? It's a combination of custody visitation and, vis and financial issues. Mm -hmm. What is a business worth? Who's keeping the house? Does the house have to be sold? Do you take into account the capital gains that may be uh -huh. realized from the sale of a house? You have a client who says, that house is my stability. I want to stay in it. And I will explain to the client, if you do, what's going to happen three years from now when you cannot meet the nut to keep up the house? At that point, you might have to pay all the capital gains on the sale yeah. of a house versus if you sell it now with your spouse or soon-to-be ex-spouse, you share in that in that expense. Gotcha. And, and obviously, in the area that we all live in and, and, and work in now, we've seen these huge appreciations. So there's a lot more on the table right now, right, in, in cases? Somewhat. It, we've been seeing the prices going down. But the problem becomes, if one person wants to stay in the family residence, are they going to be able to qualify? Look at the interest rates. Look yeah. what has to be done. Did you have a lot of debt during the relationship, during the marriage? And this 
also deals with those parties who have lived together for a long period of time and who didn't get married and bought property mm-hmm. together. So there are other issues there, too. Gotcha. So, so there's a question I'd like to ask that I can't ask of a lot of attorneys because they just haven't been around very long. They, haven't, they don't have a depth of experience, and you have a great depth of experience. How has family law changed over the last few decades? What have you seen as major changes? Part of the major changes are the new attorneys coming into the world of family law. They feel that they have to fight they feel that in order to represent their client, they cannot agree to anything. In family law, I always try to settle my cases. What is the give and take? I might tell a client, let's settle it now and you'll save attorney's fees of thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes, you're going to give up a little bit, but you're going to save a lot in the long run. We're not seeing that with the young attorneys now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Larry, you okay if I change a little bit and go a little bit back of the business card have a little bit of fun with this sure so you and i've talked you know many times so i think there's a a lot of fun experience that you have that i'd like to share with the audience tell us a little bit about where you were born raised and grew up i was born in baltimore maryland i was seventh generation born in baltimore wow but my family moved to memphis tennessee shortly thereafter I, was, I grew up in Memphis. When my mother passed away in 65, it gave my dad the opportunity to move to California where he wanted to be. My last two years of high school, I was out here in Southern California. I grew up, went to uh, college out here in the San Fernando Valley at CSUN, Cal State Northridge, and uh, went to law school out here. So, so what was CSUN called back then? Valley State, San Fernando Valley State College. San Fernando Valley State College. And so you you did your undergraduate work there. Yes. And then where did you go to law school? University of San Fernando Valley College of Law. Oh, wow. So uh, give us an idea now. Um, uh, you're somebody that's seen a lot of changes, not only in the law, but also in this community. What's it like now compared to when you came out here in uh, with a couple years of high school left? The valley, the San Fernando Valley, had orange groves all over the place, uh, open areas. It has filled in since. And many years ago, when I was uh, head of a property owner's uh, organization, the San Fernando Valley actually tried to secede from the city of Los Angeles. I remember that. And I was involved uh, in setting up uh, mayor debates for the San Fernando Valley, uh, that it didn't happen, it didn't pass, as we all know. And the valley has grown to be a very important aspect of the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a very vital. I, I've heard it said that um, if the San Fernando Valley was a state, it would still be in the top 10 of states in terms of, in terms of population and gross domestic product. If the passage of uh, the San Fernando of the San Fernando Valley as a city had passed, the San Fernando Valley would be the fifth largest city in the United wow. States. And that's wow. still uh, with Los Angeles being in the top five, too. Yeah. And, we, and we've got, you know, all sorts going on now, even even since COVID, we've got the Rams buying in all the property in the West Valley. We've got the Rams setting up shop out here. And uh, so despite the fact that we've been around a long time, 
still a very vibrant place um, and, and kind of a fun place to be. It is. Change keeps coming around. Who thought five years, even five years ago, that the Los Angeles Rams will buy the area for their uh, their their uh, working out area, their practice fields, taking over large buildings that used to be health centers for their business. Um, we're seeing a change. It's just part of the change that we have seen throughout the valley. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's uh, discussions that you and I have had. And Larry, I'm just going to say you're a really nice guy, but you really light up when I ask you about a couple things. So one of those is family. I'd like to hear just a little bit about your family. You've got family all over the world, right? That's correct. Um, Leslie, my wife, and I uh, have two sons. Matt is an accountant with a partner with a major accounting firm, and he's been in Zurich, Switzerland for the last five years. And my wife and I have said we want to come back as one of our grandkids because uh, they go skiing in the Alps on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, today they're heading to Austria. This winter in December they went to Kenya and Nairobi for a safari. Oh, my goodness. Uh, they went to see the Buccaneers play at the in Munich because mm. on the Autobahn it's only about – uh, three and a half hour drive. Wow! So they're they're seeing a lot, and then I have one son living back here in the Los Angeles area with two grand with two uh, children. I have a granddaughter who's four and a half, and a grandson who will be two in about a week. And as you have heard from me, I enjoy spending time with them. So, Larry, the second thing that I have noticed that really lights up your eyes. Family is one, which is dear to my heart. Um, But the second is also dear to my heart. You're a car guy. Tell us about your car passion. I've always had a need for speed. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I first had motorcycles, and then I had a uh, high-performance 71 340 Cuda. Wow. And uh, I got the bug, and I've always had the bug, so in 2001, when I saw this car in the, uh, at a uh, dealership, I ended up buying it. It was a 2001 Dodge Viper RT10 in sapphire blue and a cognac interior. And that's my track car. Uh, if you had seen Ford versus Ferrari, the first mm-hmm. part of the movie is at Willow Springs. That's my home track. And I've been to Laguna Seca, Button Willow, Chukwala, and various other tracks. Even I've been to Bondurant on a couple occasions to get more training. And then I also have a 2017 Dodge Viper GTC with a 2.0 power pack package. Wow. So, so you, you do spend some track time, and I assume that's probably with clubs and with Viper clubs and, and organized drives at the tracks. But you're also spending a lot of time weekends cruising canyons, cruising the coast, aren't you? Yes, uh, especially during the pandemic when you didn't have anything to do. I'd get in one of the cars, drive up uh, Pacific Coast Highway, come back, and just have a, a nice time. Yeah, and and the truth be told, I've been driving in the neighborhood a few times, and I've seen Larry go cruising by in his Viper, and it's very fun for me to think that uh, 
he's on his way to uh, to somewhere very fun on a particular Saturday or Sunday. But at the speed limit, I'm always at the speed limit. Yeah, you're. I've actually seen you several times. You've always been at the speed limit. But it's a very nice looking car. It's one of those that uh, that I see you on a Sunday and it just puts a smile on my face because I know you're just out there for a for a t- fun time on that. And when I go to a car show on the weekend, I get a lot of looks. What's your uh, you mentioned a lot of the tracks. Those aren't going to matter to a lot of people, but there's a few of us that know those places. You mentioned some really cool places to drive. What's been your favorite? Willow Springs. That's my home track. Uh, there's a group that takes the track over for the weekend. Um, they do it very professionally, breaking down the drivers from beginners to expert. Uh, they also give driving and handling courses at the same time. And I first took a uh, course in um, 2004, Skip Barber. Mm. And why? If you have a high-performance car, or even when I see a friend with a Jaguar, to get the experience to enjoy the vehicle, you take the course and you'll get more out of it and more enjoyment with the vehicle. So, so I'm going to reveal a little secret, a little bit of breaking rules and regulations in my life. My brother, uh, when he was about, uh, let's see, he was probably about 21, which would have put me at about 16, 17. So I had my driver's license, but he had a uh, Formula V race car. And uh, we would go out to Willow Springs on, you know, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I'd play hooky from school. We'd drive out there and uh, it would just be an open day. We'd pay about 30 bucks and we'd be able to just do laps. And he'd do a lot of laps. But during lunch, he'd come over to our little Mazda wagon and he'd strip off his driver's suit and under the cover of the uh, doors and the, and the rear hatch, I would put the driver's suit on and I'd go out and do a couple hot laps as well and, uh, and then come back and then we'd switch driver's suits and, and he'd do it all again. Those were some of the best days with my brother. I just really enjoyed those days. At, and, and so I... I, uh, I can really understand how you like going out there. But some of those tracks like Laguna Seca, those are not necessarily, I mean, people think of just going around in circles. Laguna Seca is not one where you just go around in circles. Well, it's, well, it's a road track. Left, right, up, down, elevations. Same with the big track at Willow Springs. There are two tracks at Willow Springs. There's mm-hmm. the streets of Willow, and then there's the big track. The big track is two and a half miles. So you can get a lot going with your vehicle. Uh, one thing that's important to me is when I go to these tracks, safety comes first. Mm-hmm. Your car has to meet certain requirements and get passed before you're even allowed on the track. And we're all out there to have fun. It's not like NASCAR bumping doors around the track because we all want to go back to work the next day. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people on those weekends are driving the cars. They're going to be driving to work the next day. So it's probably a good thing that they're not yeah. wrecking them. Larry, what, let's just circle back. I want to ask just sort of one one more question um, about you and your work and, and where people are today. Um, tell us just a little bit about your experience. You, you, you've been doing this long enough. You've seen a lot of um, different families in different situations. Do you have any just general uh, recommendations for people that are having issues in their families. What what should they be looking at? What should they be saying to their attorneys about 
um, troubled relationships that they have um, in this day and age. Um, can you just give us a little bit of a feel? When, when's the right time to call somebody like you? Well, sometimes as early as possible because someone like me will ask, what have you done to reconcile your marriage? Have you gone to therapy? Have you seen a minister, rabbi, priest? Have you spoken to someone who you trust in the family to work things out? It's not something that may happen overnight, but something that takes over time. And I always try to see if I can keep the relationship together versus tearing it asunder in a legal action. I think that's great advice for people. See if you can't make something work before you uh, before you really work at uh, at tearing it apart. Larry, thanks so much. Really appreciate your coming in, spending a little time with us, educating us a little bit, and letting us have a little fun talking about cars too. Thanks so much, Larry. Thank you for having me, Brian. I enjoyed it. Presented by Echelon Business Development. More than just networking. Way more.